This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 108. And the quote of the day is from Will Smith, who said, if you're not making someone else's life better, then you're wasting your time. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers and industry professionals. Information, education, and motivation for drumming and beyond. What's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here with another session of the Drummer's Resource Podcast. And I want to remind you to head over to drummagazine.com forward slash drummies and vote for the Drummer's Resource. Uh, I've been nominated for best website <clears throat> for the 2015 Drummies, and I am extremely honored to be nominated. And I need your help to win. So if you don't mind, take 30 seconds and head over there, drummagazine.com forward slash drummies and you can vote every day so uh if you vote every day i will not mind and like i said it'll take about 30 seconds to do it so please please do that um excuse me if uh if you don't mind this session is brought to you by dw drums and i've been playing dw drums for 10 plus years now and the reason why i play dw is not only because they make great handmade drums here in the u.s but they also foster drumming initiatives throughout the world like this podcast and i'm very grateful to have them as a sponsor be sure to check them out at dwdrums.com this session is also sponsored by drum magazine and if you're looking to get better fast you should be checking them out every month they don't just have these cliche Q&As, but they have in-depth product reviews and all sorts of educational material. And this month, uh, they came out with uh, Steve Gadd, 70th birthday um, uh, supplementary pack in, in the magazine, which is really hip. I was excited to get that. So uh, check them out and subscribe today, drummagazine.com. Now, the interview that I have today, I'm really excited about. I have Benny Greb. And I've had Benny on the podcast before, but I just watched his DVD, The Art and Science of Groove, on I was I was on my honeymoon, and so I had 24 hours of flying, and I watched the DVD three times. And not only was I amazed by the DVD, but the concepts that were inside of it. And and to me, groove is such an intangible thing that it's really hard to learn out of a book. And this DVD is amazing because it's all about concepts it's not I mean there's no written notes in the in the whole entire thing which is pretty amazing and I was so fascinated by it by that I wanted to bring Benny on and not only talk about the DVD but I really wanted to talk about his approach to grooving because I think it's such an important I mean it's the to me it's the most important aspect of drumming uh, as far as I'm concerned but uh, so that's why I'm bringing him back to talk about this and we're really going to do a deep dive into the art and science of groove so I'm really excited about it I hope you enjoy it please send me your feedback and your comments about it and without further ado for the second time on the drummers resource podcast Mr. Benny Greb Benny what's happening man thank you so much for doing this this is round two of uh of you being on the podcast man I appreciate it Thanks for having me on again. Absolutely. And you're only the second person that's ever been on here twice. It was you and uh, and uh, Lil John Roberts. So. Oh, wow. I feel honored. Thank you. <laughs> you should. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I, I'm, I'm the honored one, man. I really do appreciate it. And the reason why we're here today is to talk about your new DVD. And I was just telling you uh, off air that I've already watched the DVD three times on some on some flights. And you did an amazing job to really explain the D, the name of the DVD is the art and science of groove, but you, you really break it down into a practical application. And on the podcast, I'm not big on, um, you know, saying, Oh, you just came out with a new book. Let's come on to the podcast and let's promote it. Right. And, you know, you just came out with a new VD, new DVD, come on, come on the podcast and promote it. But the real, the reason why I really wanted to have you on the podcast to talk about this DVD, yes, we're, we're promoting it. Um, but because I think it's such a good, valuable tool for people to check out. And so Thanks. I want to get inside of this and, and in your own words, explain the approach of the DVD, the departments of the DVD, because I know there's, there's sort of five uh, categories in the DVD. And right. then let's talk about some real-world applications about how people can use this stuff in their own playing. Right. And that was the most important for me, too, because um, to have practical things that people can do about this subject that is often viewed so mythically and mystically and esoterically. And, and as I say in the beginning of the DVD, this is maybe my main mission there to say, you know, when you hear people saying, like, either you have it or you don't mm-hmm. or 
um, it's it's a talent or maybe you're not talented or when someone says, well, I guess I'm just blessed with great time feeling. Right. I always could do it or my father was a musician and it's in the family. And right, like right. All, all this kind of stuff frustrated me to the bone when I was when I was a teenager trying to become good at this instrument and not coming from a great music city or, or um, a music heritage in mm -hmm. my family. And uh, being in a little town in Germany, it, it um, when people modestly always said like, well, I, I just have it. They were right. basically saying like, <laughs> and you don't. <laughs> and, and I believed it for a while. And I was like, oh, this is horrible. This is, because I listened to like, like tape deck recordings of mine in the practice room and and um i was ready to throw the toaster into the bathtub basically <laughs> <laughs> so um but but over the years i found out that this is simply not true and mm -hmm. and and i can do a lot of things about this and I later found out that i can i can work on how to explain it better and so this is why it took so long i i had the idea before the um, the language of drumming, actually. Oh, really? And I was teaching that extensively, always. But um, and also, I have a whole drum camp about this subject. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my master session drum camps is uh, is called Time and Groove, and it's about that. And it gave me the opportunity to use students as guinea pigs and, right. and really uh, because some things that were valuable to me, um, uh, how to there are always these two things like one is content and the other is how do you deliver the content and mm -hmm. i knew that the content was good and helpful to me and then the next thing was i really have to work on that it's help to find what is helpful to others and and maybe add something that that maybe i didn't struggle with that much that others struggle with mm -hmm. and how can i explain it so they get it and how can i explain it like Albert Einstein said, to make things as simple as possible, but right. not any simpler. Right. <laughs> so, so, and this was another thing too. How can I make, how can I do this subject justice? Because mm -hmm. it's, um, and, and a colleagues of mine like told me like, ah, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't do it. It's, it's, um, as some said, ah, you might take the magic out of it. And right. And I don't see it that way. If, I mean, whatever helps to mm -hmm. make to, to get better music out there and sure. to make drummers sound better, it's it's great. And and the other thing is, I um, I always use the example of like knowledge cannot um, kill magicality. Right. Uh, it's just always a question. There are some cases where there's a lot of knowledge and no magic, mm -hmm. and then it's bad, not because there is a lot of knowledge, but it's bad because, because there is no magic. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? So, so, of course, the magic has to be there, but it doesn't get killed by... Uh, if you would see a tree that is... And you, you respect that creature of nature, and, and you want to hug it, and you're a hippie-ish, and you think like, <laughs> oh, this is amazing, you know, this is a, this is a freaking huge tree... Right, and then someone tells you this thing is two hundred and fifty years old. Mm -hmm. Does that kill the respect or the love or the whatever you have for that no. thing? It's like I, it, I would say, it even enhances it. Sure, and it, it it adds to to the whole thing. And if, for me, it's the same with groove. That um, it is a great thing if something really grabs you. You don't have to analyze it, or you don't have to be able to. But on the other side. If it sounds bad <laughs> in the practice room or right. in the recording or a concert, um, I want to know why, sure. and I want to know exactly what this thing is, and then be able to change it and improve it. And sure. I want to know which exercise I can do for it. And that's what I wanted to give with this DVD to make people good in identify, because there are many reasons why something. Uh, might not groove as well and and it's not always tempo it's not mm -hmm. always subdivision right it's like right. this is where traditional education always goes to it's like well sit down with a quarter note click and after a while after 10 years <laughs> right. it'll right. be great or play it to records 
and this is great, mm-hmm. um, but it's not everything that can go wrong and right. not everything that usually does go wrong. And there are these other aspects. So I think people have to be become good at diagnosing them, to mm-hmm. know what it is, to identify what it is, and then have an arsenal of tools to say like, and I take this for it, and that will solve it. Right, and, right. Um, so that's what I tried to achieve. And well, achieve it you did because you did a great job with this with this DVD. And I, and you know, to to echo what you're saying that you know when I was younger, I would listen to a record and I would say, man, it sounds so good, and yeah. I knew what they were playing. So then I would go play it. And then I listen to it. I'm like, man, it sounds so bad. <laughs> and I'm like, what? What the hell's going on? And I and my my time, you know, was good, and and my subdivisions are correct. But I'm like, but it just doesn't feel the way you know that this record does. And over right. time, I you know sl- slowly realize that it's dynamics and it's this and it's pushing and pulling and and all of the other stuff. Um, but you sort of take. Uh, the groove and sort of break it down into all these different categories and then say, if you're lacking in this area, then you can pull from that. If you're lacking in this area, you can pull from that. And then you can, you can start to create these grooves and then apply them to a musical situation. You're not saying this is how you pull, this is how you groove. And then if, and go put this with any band and it's going to sound great. It's no, you're, you're saying, here's the tools to understand how to make music. And that's what I love about it. It's a practical application of, of groove, you know, and that's, and I think that that's what exactly what you were going for. Right. Right. Yeah. To give people the possibility to look under the hood and say like, huh, hmm, uh, which are the screws I can turn. And, and right. And this, I once read, like, I love like science stuff. I find it very comforting Mm -hmm. (laughs) because whenever I think I'm stupid, I'm usually, find out that ah it's because i don't know how my body works or i don't know how my brain works or right. i don't know how this works and and i just and many times people say or educators say like ah you know kids get so frustrated with things or they are not patient enough and blah 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 but i find out it's not that people can have can have a lot of patience if they know that the work is worth it. Right. Right. So right. if, if um, in psychology, if you look at where frustration or even depression comes mm-hmm. from, it's these two pillars of one, the blueprint saying, this is how it should be. And it right. is not like it should be. Meaning when you play a groove or you listen, like you said, to the recording and you listen to yourself, like, this is horrible, <laughs> which means it's not like you want it to be. Uh, so that, is one thing you need for mm-hmm. frustration. The other is um, the strategy. So right. can I change it? Mm-hmm. How can I change it? So first to know it's not like I want it to be. How can I change it? Right. And frustration or even depression comes from it's not like I want it and I can't change it. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's, right, the right. Worst. That's the worst <laughs> place. Whether it's in... A relationship or in a country or in politics or in drumming doesn't sure. matter, right? And mm-hmm. and so it's not that bad if it's not. I mean, every one of us works on things and has some things that he's not happy with. And, mm-hmm. and that's totally fine as long as you know, like, okay, what is it exactly? What can I do about it? Right. Right. And to use your analogy of a car, if you see an old beat up, you know, pinto driving down the street and you see a ferrari driving down the street they're both doing the same thing they're both driving they're both getting from point a to point b and somebody say well why does that car run so much better than mine it's like well they have a different engine oh well i'll put it you know oh well let me put a different engine in mine oh well they have different you know different tires oh well let me put these different next thing you know if you get all the things that the ferrari has your car is going to be running like the ferrari so um And so you've broken all of these parts down into uh, into categories. You have time, feel, sound, body, and mind. Right. Um, so can we dig into them? Let's open up the hood, yeah. so to speak, and and let's talk about these categories and and how they uh, how they shape groove. Yeah. Um, so after establishing or trying to convince people, like, hey, you can change something about this. Trust me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the DVD goes into the. Um, time aspect which is 
the one that is maybe most known, I would say. In, mm. in, um, we always think like if you play to a metronome, uh, then everything should be fine. And, and I tried to, um, and it is a great exercise. I'm not, I'm not saying that you shouldn't do this exercise, but I tried to um, be very exact there because, for example, a quarter note click usually leads to that you um, hit those quarter notes, almost like you're shooting at an Right. At, a, at a target, which sometimes leads to that the flow is not very good. Mm-hmm. So you might always arrive at the quarter note, but what's in between might be a little bit funky in terms of subdivision. And then uh, you are on the click, but it still sounds weird. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that sometimes happens is when you produce a band or when a band records with a click and you hear the recording with a click and it sounds okay and you take the click away then suddenly it sounds a little weak. Right. And, and that is because in the mind of the drummer and sometimes the whole band, it's not just the drummer thing, by the way, like this whole DVD is, I got emails from bass players and guitarists being like, oh, dude, <laughs> this is great. And it's, so, it's totally applicable for any instrument. This isn't just, a, it just so happens that you're teaching it on drums, but this can be right. used for any instrument. Right. And, and it's because... Like you outsource the downbeat and the pulse to this other thing, which is the click, and subconsciously always ask for permission every quarter note, right? Right. You think like, ah, am I right? Ah, this was too early. This was too late. Oh, I'm on. I'm on. I'm on. Ah, a little too early. A little too early. I'm on. And that mentality takes away a lot of the confidence that then has to stand alone without the audience hearing the click. Mm -hmm. So this is... uh, and confidence, by the way, has nothing to do with dynamics. So you can play a very, very um, soft brushes thing with a lot of time confidence that, like, where people just freak out. So it's, but it's, it comes from this, this is where the pulse is. And, you know, mm-hmm. exactly there. Right. And everyone who doesn't play on this sounds wrong. Whether I'm wrong or right doesn't matter. But, <laughs> but I have the confidence to say, like, boom. Mm-hmm. And... And that comes from um, being aware of the subdivision a lot and being aware of what's in between. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have an exercise that's called the moving click, which, which just means you, you place the click as an offbeat or as a 16th note offbeat even, mm-hmm. um, which does two things. One is it, um, it gives you the rollback to do the downbeat. Mm-hmm. You have to play that bass drum and that snare with right. confidence. Can you sort of walk through this little exercise? I think it's fascinating the way that you explain it about like if you hear like the guitar part in a reggae tune and then right. um, and then the, the bossa nova and all that. Can you d- explain this? Not to steal everything out of your DVD, but... No, no. Uh, no, that's fine. Um, so uh, the, the offbeat, for example, um, first of all, what it does is um, it gives you that the driver's seat back again. Mm-hmm. And then you do the pulse and the downbeat. And then you have the click more as a reference, almost like a percussion player or something, that you then can orientate yourself. But it's not, um, it's less outsourcing, kind of. It it still feels like you have to play it, you have to Mm -hmm. do it. Mm -hmm. And what it also does is it, um, it forces you to hear parts of the subdivision that you might not be so comfortable with. Right, and that can cause a lot of other problems. Mm-hmm. For example, if you are not as comfortable with the second sixteenth, for example, and the singer always sings on the second sixteenth, or there is a keyboard part that always does the but, always the sixteenth note offbeat thing. Unconsciously, drummers sometimes are uncomfortable with that, mm-hmm. and then what they do is they try to move their downbeat to that. Till it feels fine again, right? right. <laughs> and this is another uh, thing of. So it might be that you can play to a quarter note click perfectly, mm-hmm. but if you're not comfortable with all of the subdivision, and they appear in other parts of the music, you will try to bend it towards uh, so that it sounds like on the downbeat, and that will cause your tempo to vary. Mm-hmm. So. Sure. So it's not because you haven't practiced enough to a quarter note click. It's then a subdivision thing suddenly. Right, right, right. And, and one of what you talk about is uh, one of the helpers um, I found out is 
because I got questions a lot. It's like, but I can't even hear the click on the offbeat, right? right. So if you have the tick, tick, most people do do da do do da do da do do da. But how do I hear this on the do da do do da do do da da do da do 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 do? So it's on the offbeat, and um, and I have for each of those placements. I have, I call them little helpers, and they are, <laughs> and the, the one for the, um, for the offbeat, for example, eighth note offbeat, is um, you, you set up a click, and you try to um, listen to a reggae, or, or think of a reggae tune with the typical offbeat guitar, mm-hmm. where it's like, right this this typical guitar and then you turn the click off and then you try to do the and then you switch the click on again on the offbeat guitar but you keep singing that beat so Mm -hmm. you maybe do I mean, this is now right. fast forward. Of course, you sure, uh, sure, sure. So I mean, so the, the time with this. so the downbeat's still in the same place. You're just hearing the downbeat in a different place, or you're hearing the not the downbeat, but you're hearing the the subdivisions differently. Uh, the subdivision is the same. the The placement of the click is now not on the quarter note anymore, but it's on the eighth note offbeat. Right, right. And you play the same beat that you practiced before, for example. Or you even improvise and do fills and everything, mm-hmm. but you hear the click on the offbeat. Right, it's still a quarter note click, so you don't mm-hmm. need any like computer systems and complicated metronome apps. <laughs> right. It's it's still um, it still sounds like this, but you can have it on the do got do do got do do or do got do do got do do or do got do on the on the fourth sixteen and or the on the third triplet and stuff like that and that really takes care of subdivision you become very aware of subdivision you get a very strong pulse and and downbeat feeling Mm -hmm. and um it is amazing how much better than people can play to a click afterwards and sound very confident. So this is, it's, it's, I mean, a lot of these exercises like this as well are, are, are stupid and simple, <laughs> but, but they are so effective. But they work. Yeah. And that's, that's what it's all about. It doesn't matter how yeah. you get there as long as you get there. Yeah. Another one that I love is out of the body chapter, which is, um, um, which has to do with breathing where, mm-hmm like a lot of times people ask themselves why they get faster in drum fills, mm-hmm. right? This is, this is a sickness of, of drummers that they play a groove and it fits nicely. And then the fill gets a little faster. Right. And, um, if you have a couple of fills in the song that will result the end of the song <laughs> being, faster being faster because with every fill, you kind of get a couple of beats <laughs> and, um, and, of course, then again, you can say, oh, I practice to a quarter note click with the fills. But here's another thing. If you look at the body aspect of it, that's why I have these different aspects. So you can poke at the subject from different points of view and, right. and, and kind of sharpen it. So in the body chapter, I say, like, have you ever thought why your fills get faster? One might be, or the most common one, actually, I found is that you stop breathing. Mm-hmm. And what many drummers do is like... They breathe when they play their groove, and when they then play the fill, they're like, <laughs> they close their mouth and they do, and then, I've done and, then <laughs> and of course, we've all been guilty of this, and maybe still are at times. And um, but what happens is when you when you stop breathing, your body gets into vacation, uh, um, not vacation, but emergency <laughs> mode. Like your body gets into emergency mode and. And it's like, huh, why have we 
Right. Why have we stopped breathing? Because of a fill? If this fill goes on forever, we will We're going to die. <laughs> so let's speed this thing up. You know, let's get it over with. And, right. And again, when I, when I tell this story and I, and I share this tool, people are sometimes like, they laugh and think it's funny. But then at the camps, I had the chance to, to get people sit on the drum set. They play something. We record it. So we have an A, B. Mm-hmm. And, and then I say, okay, think of this or breathe through the fill. So if you have, like through the fill, like right. the same breathing pattern as the groove, it, Everyone is amazed how much that puts <laughs> the fill into the same flow as, as the groove. And it's sure. such a simple tool. And um, it's not something that where you have to practice for 10 years or, or a couple of months. It's, it's just one tool that you can use. Right, and right. there are many like that on, on the DVD. So then we have – we went through uh, the time and the body stuff and then I guess the feel was the stuff that was uh, the section of where feeling the uh, the subdivisions differently. Not feeling this. I keep saying that but feeling the pulse in a different place. No, that's, still the, that's still the time chapter. Um, I have an exercise on tempo there as well because that is a whole different animal as well. Mm-hmm. I have things on – like playing in front of the beat or playing behind. First of all, getting a right. real definition and a reference point. There are demonstrations there mm-hmm. um, so that, again, people really know how it sounds like and then can say like, ah, so they have a reference <laughs> It was pretty point. funny when you had the, the bass, when he was playing ahead and you were playing behind right. at the same time. And it was like, <laughs> <laughs> Right. And, and that's the thing. It like, probably happened so many times too. <laughs> no, that's great because... I wanted to give a reference, and the point I wanted to make there is um, that sometimes when the when the subdivision isn't perfect, mm-hmm. but still the bass player does it exactly the way you do it, or in a way that is just complementing each other, right? It can sound totally fine. Mm-hmm. So, so that is already a thing where it's not always about being like a computer and like being like perfect to a click and stuff. There are these phenomenons that when you do like work roof becomes a thing of democracy, basically. So right. when, when people do something together and it's just locking in, um, it sounds great. Mm-hmm. And then I have this example of we, we both play a note too early and we both play a note uh, too late, like according to the click too late. Right, right. And, and then we do the exact same thing, but I play it a little too early and he plays it a little too late. Right. And then it sounds like, <laughs> like a train wreck. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, and I just wanted to have like these exercises and examples in there for people to, ah, to hear the difference because that will be um, the thing that when it happens to them, they're like, ah, this is what this is mm-hmm. and this is what I can do against it. Right, right, right. right. If it is bad. I mean, sometimes phenomenons like these happen and you're like wow it's kind of cool right. and then it's fine sure right sure when everything is fine it's fine right so we got uh time and body so let's talk about the uh the feel stuff yeah well feel is about that sometimes we focus a lot on this time aspect subdivision click and in front and laid back and stuff but like where does this groove feeling really come from Mm-hmm. And there are some examples like if you have something perfectly programmed uh, that still there's something missing. There, right. is, uh, there can be a certain feel missing. And, uh, and we then discover that uh, you need a certain phrase, you need a, you need a space, you need um, a certain uh, in and out kind of like feeling. And that's the only point where I get a little bit hippie-ish on the whole <laughs> The whole DVD, where I think it comes from, I think it comes from. Uh, it's basically an outgrowth of uh, empathy. I think mm-hmm. because because whenever we we all have more like warm feelings or or connection to living things and to things that are not living, and all living things have this certain cycle, this breathing, heartbeat, and all these things in them. Sure. 
which is a phrase, and without that phrase, life does doesn't does end, or right. it not even is there. And and so, why do we have different feelings towards um, a metal rod or a cat mm-hmm. or a human being? And right. and it's that rhythm thing. And I think when we hear a great groove, and we're just like ah, oh, <laughs> and feel like. Oh, drawn to that, I think it comes from like empathy of, of thinking like, oh, this is some, ah, oh, mm-hmm. this, uh, and, and feelings like trust get translated through that. When, sure. when the time is very regular, for example, um, trust begins to come in because mm-hmm. when a time is regular, the beats will come where you expect them to come and that relaxes you and it makes you feel good and if I also have a click example there where like the click like always moves surprisingly, gets faster, slower. Right. This is the, it's the most horrible. <laughs> there have been tests. I didn't include it in the DVD, but they have, I, I've written a lot of, or I read a lot of like science stuff regarding rhythm and blah, blah, blah. And, and one thing was they, they did a test, which is almost like a torture experiment. <laughs> I can't is, wait to hear this. Yes, yes. This this broadcast is all about like torture in different ways, isn't it? <laughs> Torturing drummers with no. I, I mean, they they have to listen to my voice all all the time. So yeah, it's oh, pretty no. torturous. <laughs> no, um, so they they got people sleep deprived and right. got them into a into a lab, and um, then a certain group of people heard. I don't know whether it was a water drop or like a wood thing beating on another wood thing, mm-hmm. but one was like, like really loud, but in time, right. like in a, in a, in a steady rhythm. Mm-hmm. Those people, they didn't like it at first, right? It's like, oh, this loud kind of cracking or clacking sound, but they fell asleep. Right. right. It was it was okay. And they had another test group which got impulses like this. <laughs> right? right. Like totally irregular, totally you can figure out and they got insane. They I was gonna say it, that would it, drive me insane. Yeah. You can't you can't relax in into things like, because your mind always is surprised. And this is an extreme form of that, but if if the tempo kind of differs and mm-hmm. and and people play very irregular, it on a on a very small scale, it has the same effect. Sure. sure. Where, where where you are like, huh, huh, huh? So this feeling or this ah feeling right. <laughs> and this ah feeling and this empathy thing, and there are a lot of others on the DVD, but mm-hmm. but like all these, I think it's at least okay to be aware of them once. And when you think of them while playing, you can really think about like, am I sounding more like, <laughs> like the the one example or the other? How much, how good am I like right. you know, creating this trust and, and sounding like a pendulum going left and right or breathing in and out and mm-hmm. and and sometimes even only things like this like make people really sound different. It's insane. Right. All right. Yeah. No, I totally agree. That, I, I was just thinking about the, the random, the random noises, and I would be like, I be, it would, it would absolutely drive me insane. Yeah, it absolutely. I mean, <laughs> also, stories about people that live near a motorway, mm-hmm. and they fall asleep, but they always wake up at night when there are less cars on the street. Yeah, yeah, I've heard stories about that. So, yeah. it's it's all these things where like, how well does can the brain or like. There are many other examples, like wallpaper, for example. You can't relax in a room where there is always a different pattern on the wall. Really? If it's repetitive, yeah. If it's a, like casinos use that to to have weird, weird, unrepetitive uh, things on the wall. Keep you awake. So, so you you don't want to look at it. You look at the machine. Huh. Right? So you always get drawn towards, ah, okay. Wow. So, I never knew like, that. Yeah, people use that stuff all the time because we, we, we are programmed to react to these things. Like mm-hmm. evolution is much slower than right. <laughs> technic- technological progress. So, right. huh? I never knew that. 
So consistency is key, people. That's what we need to... <laughs> unless yeah, you want to drive least, people crazy. Yeah, and at least... It, I mean, if you're in a supporting role, mm-hmm. then that is definitely a, a feeling that you want to convey. Mm-hmm. So the next, uh, the next, I guess, section or chapter or category would be sound. Right. Yeah, um, those chapters came about like when... Because I first thought, oh, the time chapter, that is the deal, right? That's right. the way to groove. And then I figure out, ah, there is something missing. So the feel thing, what, what about that? And then I felt, ah, but still, when I do certain things or when drummer do certain things sound-wise, um, it will affect how a groove feels. Mm-hmm. So if you um, have more bass, less bass, frequencies or if you use different instruments or a different balance within your kit um one groove and you can do that with program beats you can exchange sounds right and you will you will get and hip-hop artists and producers do that mm-hmm. they they flip through sounds and they try to move their head and if it doesn't feel nice they they take another bass drum right. they do that again so in certain sounds will feel different because of tone length because of frequency um, and that is just also something that we are never that aware of. We tune our drums and then think like, oh, that's fine. I'll just play right. every beat like this. And um, so there are examples about how you balance uh, to, to convey different styles. Mm-hmm. And, and one that I call um, the captain, which means for me that in every style, there is a certain captain that really drives the ship. In mm-hmm. jazz, it's the ride cymbal. In funk, it's hi-hat and snare. In rock, it's bass drum and snare, and like that, you can leave leave away almost the other part, and still the style gets conveyed. Mm-hmm. But the real funny thing is, if you emphasize, for example, in a jazz beat, the rock captain, so the right. bass drum and snare. If you play the bass drum and snare very loud and the right cymbal very soft in a jazz beat, it is not a jazz beat anymore. Right. It right. is still the beat, but mm-hmm doesn't sound like jazz at all and or on a positive note if you apply the jazz captain to a funk groove you will have a very interesting jazz groove right and not by playing something else which is how we like this was one of the biggest things where i like how exercises Mm -hmm. i love like we think about the what so often if someone says ah if a singer says and they don't have the vocabulary for it, and they say, "Ah, I don't know. This just doesn't feel uh, doesn't feel right." Right. Something. Uh, and you think like, "Okay." Uh, and we drummers then say, "Oh, should I? I play a different pattern on the hi hat, or right. move the snare drum to another sixteenth? That that might be the best drum part for the song." Then. Right. And sometimes it's none of that. So we change what we play. That's the first thing that comes to our mind instead of how we play it. Instead of, yeah, thinking like, hmm, maybe she doesn't like that the cymbals are so loud. Maybe the groove feels a certain way because I have so much high frequencies or the subdivision is so prominent. So I might lower hi-hat and, and uh, maybe it sounds like heavier then. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so things like that. And, and it's, it's amazing how only this, if you don't change the time aspect... If you just change this, how different grooves can feel and, mm-hmm. and how it almost is a forgotten art. Like I right. think guys like Gad and, and like uh, recording artists that um, really use that to a big, big extent. Mm-hmm. I remember watching a Jeff Picaro video and he was saying that – and it's his, you know, his uh, instructional video. And he was saying mm-hmm. that when he was playing grooves that you know, he, he's playing this, the pattern on the hi-hat but he's sort of like changing the nuances of it, of, of, uh. of just a little bit of, of the, um, you know, the attack and a little bit of the, the accents on it and where he's played. So he's like, so it sort of gets like this, this interwoven, like, like swooping feeling. But yeah. if you, if you didn't hear him say that and he just played it, you would be like, Oh, okay. He's playing just eighth notes on the hi hat, you know, and right. you would go to try to play it and it would sound like crap. Because well, because you're not Jeff Picaro, not you, but you know, nobody's <laughs> no, no. Jeff Picaro. But like, Fine. but him, you know, when he was explaining it, and then you hear it, and it is, it's like, yeah. 
and it's like, whoa, this whole thing comes to life. And all he's playing, he's just playing eighth notes. And I love that stuff. That right. that is stuff that even we drummers, like you say, like if he didn't say it, like we don't, we can't pinpoint it. It's like mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but it feels different. Right. Right. And then if we drummers already are like that, think about uh, civilians on the street. Right. <laughs> like if if these are the most things like this is our responsibility to say like what can we change so it will feel different right. no one cares about whether it's 16th or whatever on the hi-hat or eighth notes or like no one cares about that mm-hmm. and uh, if and that's the other thing if if a fill is not in time that's when producers and singers will say ah can you play less right because what's disturbing them is not what you play, but how you play how it you're very playing. often. Sure. That That's how we sense. wonder why Vinnie Colaiuta can get away with <laughs> so much stuff yeah. in, in pop records. Because it just is in such a great dynamic, in such a great energy level. Like for most of us, like always the energy level goes up, like skyrockets for, mm-hmm. for one bar when we do a fill and then go back. And then the singer might be like, hey, what was that? Right, right, right. But, but Steve Gadd is someone that where the fill is almost a groove variation, mm-hmm. right? He plays a lot of different stuff, but it's... And you're like, ah, you know, that didn't, that didn't cause any bump in the road right, or right, right, right. Like any, any kind of, hey, look at me, look at me. Sure. But it, so, so that's... A big thing is like, are we focused enough on what basically were the result is of what we do? Right, right, right. right? How, how it really feels what we do. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't get solved with, um, I'm buying a lessons pack with uh, 25 new funk drum fills, right? right. This is, this is um, like this quality thing. How mm-hmm. can you get yeah. Sure, totally. As a sidebar, uh, I was talking to Yost Nickel, and he was we, he was talking about how his favorite Sting record is Ten Summers Tales with Vinnie Caliuta, and I said that mine was Mercury Falling, and he said that yeah. yours that's your favorite. Or he yeah. said, he was like Benny really likes that one, and I don't I don't like that one as much. He's like I, I don't really <laughs> like that record. I'm like. I was like, I love that record. What are you talking? He's like, yeah, I don't really like. Benny likes it, but I don't really like. It. <laughs> <laughs> See, Yost and me, we are almost like brothers in a sense of <laughs> like when my brother he liked a lot like uh, Steely Dan and Toto, mm-hmm. and for the first couple of years when we still like lived together with my parents and stuff, of course, then I couldn't like Toto and Steely Dan. Right, right, right. So I moved out, <laughs> and then I was allowed to. Because because I just had to be like ah my brother likes that I don't like that right. and sometimes like Yost and me we because we hang a lot and we practice a lot together and sometimes we have stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was like well at least I was like well at least Benny's on my side with this so thanks for being but man I've been I've actually been I listening support you <laughs> I've actually been listening to Ten Summers Tales and that's a the great record too I, like that oh, Seven man. Days tune is just like I was actually playing that tune today and I'm just like. I could play it, but it same thing. I'm like I record it, and it sounds nothing like the way the video plays. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's an iconic. Like those are iconic records. Yeah, yeah. The, these are the kind of pop records where, uh, when you listen to them again and again, you still hear something new, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, you will still like them in ten years. I mean, they right. they're they're older than ten years, yeah, but yeah, yeah. right. So you. I like any music that has that quality. And there is some pop music where that has longevity and a lot of interesting content without mm-hmm. making it complicated sometimes, right? right? It's like interesting doesn't mean it has to be complicated, but sometimes it is complicated then right. and it's interesting. And sometimes it's super simple and interesting. Well, that was like what you were saying about how Vinnie Caliuta got got away with all this stuff. Like on that Seven Days tune, he's like all over, there's like splash symbols all over and all kinds of crazy stuff, but it's so, it just, it just works. Right. You know, because of the, the way that he plays the things, not, if it, if it was all loud and, and, you know, stepping on Sting's toes, and it would sound like crap, but the, the way that he plays it, yeah. it fits. And he sometimes keeps the pulse very strong 
there is a downbeat, a backbeat on the snare, mm-hmm. and then he chooses like lighter sounds, like hi hats, flashes, one tom hit or something in a weird spot, and you think like, right. wow, that's so interesting. Right. But for everyone, there is still a boost, clack, you know, where, where you think like, ah, oh, right, right. I still feel comfortable there. He's not like tricking me into something. Sure, sure. <laughs> Although there are a couple of bars where he. Tricks There's around. some stuff that he does that I'm just. I kind of, I just like check out for a minute because I can't figure out what he's playing. But (laughs) so, uh, so we talked about, um, so we talked about the feel and we talked about the sound. So now next we're going to talk about the mind, right? Right. Yeah. The mind is, um, especially like a favorite of mine because it's so underestimated, I think. And so Mm -hmm. underrepresented in today's music education, I think. Sure. Um, um, that has to do with the medium a lot of times because we like to write down stuff and, and transmit music through that. Mm-hmm. But again, this is a very much a how subject and like how you think of things or what, what images you have in your mind when you play something or what you focus on can make you sound so drastically different. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really about also... Um, using everything you have to groove sure because what we sometimes do is um and i hear that from drummers a lot or when i ask them they will they will tell you that um when they play a groove for for a couple of bars and they know that a fill comes up they usually play the groove and then think about the fill that they're about to play right (laughs) or think about that they messed up the last one (laughs) Kind of, and <laughs> right. what what they should have done, and oh, oh, damn I can't, it, I can't do it. Don't, don't don't do it on the next one. Don't do it on yeah. the next one. <laughs> that wasn't great. That wasn't how I intended. And then the question is like, who is playing the groove while you're thinking and planning <laughs> and regretting <laughs> and like, like so so like seventy percent of you and your architect, the mind that makes musical decisions and focus and everything, is somewhere else. And your muscle memory like moves mm-hmm. and plays the groove. And then you ask yourself why your grooves sound weak and don't have that much impact. It's sometimes because you don't listen to what you play in the moment, actually. Right. And 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 then of course there can be some visuali- visualizations, which is a hard word for a German guy. Visualizations. <laughs> um, <laughs> yours can can't, s- yours I- can't say that word as well. That's no. fine. I can see the anger and the listeners are just so they can't see you, but I can see you and I can see the anger in your face with you. That is a hard word to say. (laughs) Yeah, that's what keeps me awake. (laughs) Oh, how could I? Oh, this word is so. Um, No, so when when you think of certain things um, while playing, like like I said before, like a pendulum going left and right Mm. or. Um, it's, it's just, I mean, another thing is, uh, when counting in, for example, um, some people, they count in and they don't have a real manifestation in their heads, like what they're about to play. Mm -hmm. And for me, I always air drum and always like sing the, the groove in my head. Right. So, so I don't have to start the whole machine in the first bar. Right. You're already there. Right, which is like the train is going, and I just jump on it. Sure, and you know who I've I've noticed does that a lot too is Stanton Moore. Oh yeah, I've I've always you know like before every tune you always see him and he's like you know playing and then actually play like he's air drumming like you said and then coming into play. Yeah, and it's again such a simple tool. It's like hey, you know this train effect in the first couple of bars is till you're. Till you're at the intensity level that you and want. And then it kind of like settles in. Yeah. You know, and four bars in. And sometimes in jazz, you can afford that. In pop, you can't. Right. I mean, you, you just you'd have to be there from the first second. And in most jazz tunes as well. And so, yeah, it's a simple trick to say like, you know what? Move like you would move without sure. making a sound and then just make and the sound. And then just come in. Yeah. And, in my case, it has been documented many times, like on the Modern Drama Festival or on the like live DVDs of bands that I played in. 
you can always see me <laughs> when when the guy makes an announcement or something and I'm in the back playing the hi-hat already, although I don't play the hi-hat. You look like one of those monkeys that's like... <laughs> right. Right. And I'm not ashamed of it because, yeah, hey, whatever, it's just the result that counts. I mean, I later, works, have, yeah. Yeah, I later have a live record where I say like, wow, that's that's fine. I mean, or right. at least that is fine. There's usually other things that I don't like then, right. but uh, yeah. Hey man, whatever whatever works and whatever gets you there. Um, so the so the five sections of this DVD we just talked about are so you have um, time, feel, sound, body, mind, right? Mm-hmm. And so now when you take all of these, how do you suggest that people go through and practice these? Do you do you want people to sort of cherry pick certain things out that they need to work on, or more of a, a systematic approach of how you can incorporate all this stuff? Because I know that. I get this question all the time. I'm sure you get this all the time too. It's all right. There's all this information. Now yeah. How do I, how do I practice it? How do I, right. how do I start to apply this stuff? And you have a lot of practice techniques in the DVD. Um, but how do you suggest that people structure the practice? Not what to practice, but how to practice it. Yeah. Uh, I'm a maniac regarding that stuff. Um, I have a whole drum camp about this, like practicing efficiency and stuff. Right, and you uh, talked a lot about it uh, in the other in the other interview that we did. So, if anybody yeah. wants to check that out, uh, they can go to drummersresource.com forward slash session fifty two. So, um, so you really go into detail about that, but specifically with this stuff, um, I did. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, but. yeah. No, no, no. Fine. Um, I think with that DVD, I would say watch it through just mm-hmm. once if you want, and. Um, and, and then pick out like two or three things that you will work on for the next couple of weeks. Right. And the most important thing with this kind of stuff is uh, that you make before and after recordings. Mm-hmm. Because this is stuff that uh, you might fool yourself in both directions. Sure. Uh, you might think like, oh, this is already great. <laughs> and then it's not. Or you might think like, oh, there, nothing has changed. This is stupid. Right. right. And then you, but then if you can listen to, okay, I'll play just the groove, then I do this breathing exercise, for example, for a while, or I think of something for a while, or I, I start the groove with this uh, air drumming thing, and then you record it again, and then you can compare like the recording from half an hour ago and from now, and I think you will be quite amazed like what happens with that stuff. And, right. And... The thing is, like with always, if you spread your powers <laughs> and too thin right. uh, over too many um, uh, subjects, you will make progress, but it's sometimes uh, you can't measure it. Right. And this right. is basically what lets motivation go away because motivation is always the why. Mm-hmm. When you get up in the morning and you get your running shoes on and you think like, you know what? I should better like have breakfast now. I don't want to, I don't, I don't feel like going for a run. <laughs> right. You, right. You then basically ask like, why should I now go mm-hmm. for a run? And, but if you have the why constantly, if you show yourself your progress constantly, discipline becomes obsolete. Right. If you really have a good system that will reliably always prove to you change that you make and not only change because change is automatic, but progress is not right, and and like your progress, um, then it's like okay. And and a way to do that is to really measure it before mm-hmm. and after, and to focus on like three. I think three is a magic number for that. Like sure. three subjects. If you have an hour, mm-hmm. fifty minutes one thing, five minutes rest, fifty minutes the other thing, five minutes rest, fifty minutes the third thing, and. Um, and then you can really see like stuff, like that stuff happens. And right. you do it by um, turning off your mobile phone. And and it, I often get asked like, is is like is the is the iPhone is is it a great practicing tool? And I always say yes. If you turn it off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I'm not saying I don't want to bash any like there are great apps out there and right, right, right. should use them but I'm, I'm meaning like uh, how many people get frustrated because they think 
man, I'm practicing this for half a year and I don't get any better. It's like, well, if you subtract all the phone calls and the emails and the drinking right. uh, water and uh, adjusting gear, worshiping gear, right. playing something else just to feel better mm -hmm. and uh, coming 10 minutes late in the practice room. And right. that, like if you subtract all of that, you will then find out that, you know what, for that amount of practice... <laughs> the progress is actually pretty good. Right. You're like, and, I'm there for an hour a day, but I'm only practicing about three minutes a day. Right. So that's probably yeah. why I'm not getting that much better. There is a system called time logging. It gets used in, in companies. Like mm -hmm. they go uh, through like they go through offices and see like, oh, how, how far away is the printer? How far away is the toilet? And, right. and then they measure how, how long they need to go to the toilet. Da, da, da. Right. And then they figure out, wait a second, you know. Mm -hmm. The guy needs a day, 20 minutes, throwing stuff away, going to the printer. If we get his desk near the toilet, get the printer underneath his, his desk. And it saves X amount of time. It saves 20 minutes of time. Right. So when I did that the first time with my practicing, I figured out that, wow, there's a huge improvement there. Uh, in terms of uh, setup time, in terms of remembering where I was, right? right? Like uh, in terms of warming up, I always mm -hmm. thought like, ah, I'll just play a little to get inspired to find out what I want to practice. <laughs> right. And then the practice time was over. And that's the thing. It, you can use all of those systems um, that get used for other things, for pro athletes, for companies. Right. But they usually don't get used on us because we don't have the money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, but they still work. Sure. So, what's what, your, what is your what's your um, not necessarily your your routine, but what is your uh, your system that you use? Well, I have this system where I have um, I do a pie. Like I, I write down qualities that I want my playing to have. Mm -hmm. These are very basic, but. Um, they would sound like sound, time, independence, coordination, technique, hand technique, foot technique, um, repertoire, musicianship, which for me means uh, making sting, uh, making stuff like context mm -hmm. fit, and uh, songwriting. Like this is even like for my whole artistic kind of journey. It's it's right. a list of things that I want to focus on regularly, and I look at the list regularly and think like, what can I do in that? First of all, where where do I stand? Mm -hmm. So I give myself a grade from zero to ten in every one of them, and uh, and then I work on those that are the lowest, uh, and those I select, and then I select an exercise for each one of them that I want to focus on for the next three months. Mm -hmm. And um, then I set a clear goal. It's like, because how can I measure after three months whether I succeeded, made progress or not? Is it a tempo right. thing that's the easiest, right. right? Or is it a sound quality? Is it um, maybe a, a body quality for, for like, I'm struggling with this at this tempo. Right. And I play it at the same tempo in the end of the three months, but I will be super relaxed and can count the quarter note while doing it or whatever. Right, right. So I write, I write the exercise down and I write the criteria down. So for me, it's always what is played and then the quality. Like, and, and many people only measure the what is played mm -hmm. by saying page 48, right? And then right. it's a little better to say page 48, tempo, blah, blah, blah. But it's even better to do page 48, this and that, tempo, da-da-da, with that and that sound quality, uh, and right. I feel like that. And stuff. Sure. And I do that. I write that down. I make my before and after recordings, mm -hmm. and then I, there is a big party always when I <laughs> have, <laughs> have, the, have the check recording at the end of the three months. It's almost like an exam I have for right. myself. Right. And it's silly, and it's great, and I get nervous before I do it. It's stupid. Right. But, I, I don't think it's stupid, though. Uh, but it works. It works. I'm like a school uh, right. child. Then I, I, I practice before I record it. And, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I do it the, the day before. I practice extra hard. You know? Right, right. It's, it's, uh, but 
so and then I listen to that recording and sometimes it's not as I don't reach my goal mm -hmm. I don't reach what I set out to do um, but then I listen to the recording of the first time I practiced and I can uh, see the difference and hear the difference right right and that is always like great mm -hmm. that is usually then I like oh, okay right <laughs> I'm I'm not working tonight. I'm watching a movie or I'm <laughs> nice. So how many hours do you typically practice a day? Um that changed rapidly now. I had a I had a I had a huge drought because I had a studio that was far away and now I have this little little house here rented and I have my studio in my basement now. Awesome. So I spend a lot of time in the last couple of weeks um practicing and playing, I have to say. Um mm -hmm. I, I Separate between playing and practicing. Sure. Like playing is going down there, having fun, listening, playing to an album. Mm -hmm. um, uh, practicing is really like figuring stuff out that I can't do already, that I really have to build up in that process that we talked about. Right. And so, yeah, honestly, I did a lot more playing than practicing, but um, I now try to get in like maybe three, four times a week an hour till three hours, something yeah. like that. So um, I can't do it every day. Um, and sometimes there are weeks where I, because I have a little son and, sure. and I love to spend time with him. And and so, and yeah. But I always feel I could and should practice more. Well, and, that's, and I want th practice that's more. like the plague of every drummer, you know. Right. We're like, oh, I should be practicing. And I used to have a sign above my couch at my old house that said you should be practicing. So every time I laid down, I would oh. see it. <laughs> that yeah. is very German of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guilt. Guilt yeah. as the main motivator. <laughs> yeah, there's like signs all around on my refrigerator. It says you're fat and like, you know, like, <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> but no, I did have that. I had that sign uh, above my above my couch for years oh years wow. yeah so if i'd lay down and like watch tv i'd look up and i'm like all right and i'd okay. go hit the pad for 20 minutes or a half hour or something like that so <laughs> sometimes or sometimes i would just close my eyes right right <laughs> <laughs> well uh well benny thank you for for doing this again man i i appreciate it um like i said you this you're only the second person that's ever been on the podcast twice so i really do appreciate Thanks, that man. thank you for putting this amazing dvd together it is it's great i encourage anybody out there to i told benny before we were on that i watched the dvd three times already uh, i plan on watching it more and uh and and really putting some of these extra all of these exercises into practice myself and if you're interested in getting the dvd you can go to his website bennygreb.de and or uh, bennygreb.com however you want yeah. oh either one will get yeah. get you there okay yeah and we're going to give away one DVD. So if you're interested in trying to win a DVD from Benny, go to drummersresource.com forward slash Benny, B-E-N-N-Y, and there'll be uh, a place just add your email address. And if you're the lucky winner, then Benny will send one out to you. And, uh, yeah, again, thank you so much, Benny. Big pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate it. And if there, you have anything else to add, please feel free. Um, no. I'm happy. You're good? <laughs> good yeah, to hear I, that you're happy. The, the only thing is maybe uh, uh, you can't check out my drum camps. I, um, people are – the reason I say this is because the most emails I get is of people that are afraid that they're not, not good enough or some don't know whether the camps in Germany will be – in German or right, right. in Russian or whatever. <laughs> it's like they will be in English. There is no competition there. Everyone is welcome. It's right. really relaxed and nice, and you're very welcome there. So, so is your DVD only in English? Uh, it is in English with uh, a voiceover in German. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I wasn't if sure. Wanna, if you want to polish your German, you can select the German uh, thing. And Oh, cool. cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure like if you did it in English and you did it in German as well, so... Cause I no, I mean, have all my products are, are, are usually, because they're international, they're, it's all in English. And mm -hmm. sometimes, if I can, I get an extra version of German for, for my uh, countrymen. But right. um, uh, usually, like, no one has to be afraid that they won't understand it, because everything right, right. is 
Like my website, right. my Facebook, my Twitter, sure. Instagram, everything is in English. So. Yeah, I just got back from Thailand and everything there is in, all the tours and everything are in English because I, I guess it's the universal language, you know, but it's yeah. just weird. But I'm basically like Thailand in that respect. <laughs> <laughs> this is I'm gonna put this quote out that just says Benny Greb. I'm basically like Thailand. <laughs> in that respect, I said. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but we're going to put it like that. We're gonna, I'm going to put it out there for everyone to see. <laughs> Benny, thanks again, man. I really do appreciate it. Again, great job on the DVD. Um, I'm stoked, and I encourage anyone out there, go to Benny's website, pick up the DVD. You will not be sorry. Thank you so much. Absolutely, man. And uh, let's keep in touch, and maybe we'll do the, the three-peat sometime. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Benny. Thanks, man. All right, Bye-bye. see you. So there you have it, the one and only Benny Greb talking about the art and science of Groove. If you want to learn more about Benny, go to bennygreb.com. And if you're interested in trying to win one of Benny's DVDs, go to drummersresource.com forward slash Benny, B-E-N-N-Y, and enter your email address, and you'll be entered to win a free DVD. And as I mentioned, Drummer's Resource has been nominated for a 2015 Drummy Award. So head over to drummagazine.com forward slash drummies, D-R-U-M-M-I-E-S, and vote for the Drummer's Resource for Best General Interest Website. I need your votes, peeps. So if you've ever gotten any value out of this podcast, uh, now's your time to pay me back if you'd like. And it's free. So and it'll take you about 30 seconds. So please do that, Drummers or drummagazine.com forward slash drummies. Check me out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash drummers resource, on Instagram at drummers resource, on Twitter at drummers R source, and until the next podcast, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it, and I'll be talking to you soon. Peace. <laughs>